Welcome back to Less Doing Podcast. I'm Ari Mizell, and I'm running this interview solo today. Nick is on site at Trello. So uh, I'm speaking with Cole Hatter, founder of Thrive. How are you, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me as well. well it's, that's going to be fun. So tell everybody what Thrive is. Uh, Thrive is a three-day conference. Uh, this is going to be our second year this year. Last year, we threw it together. A couple of friends of mine on a whim said, hey, let's, let's throw a conference where we bring some of the best business minds in the world together to teach people actionable steps on how to take their businesses to the next level while pitching this theme of using business to, to make the world a better place at the same time. And so, uh, you know, I believe personally that business can be the number one catalyst in the world for change. Uh, kind of the format we have right now is you've got nonprofits that just do the work of humanitarian efforts. And then you've got these businesses that do well enough financially that they fund them. We're bridging the gap and saying, hey, let's just make our businesses make the world a better place. And that's basically what Thrive is. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and I enjoy it. Awesome. So how did Thrive come about? What, what was the events in your life that led to this? So I have had two seasons in business. I did pretty well. Uh, I, I got started. So I guess let me backtrack. I was a firefighter, got in a car accident to put me in a wheelchair for a while. And so uh, wow. I, I walk fine today. Everything's good. But when I was recovering from a traumatic brain injury and learning how to learn again and learning how to walk again from a wheelchair, it looked like firefighting wasn't going to be an option. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to figure out how to make money and, and how to provide for myself. So naturally, entrepreneurship was a good fit. That was 2004. In 2005, I launched my real estate business and exploded. Had instant and phenomenal success just because I was in the right place at the right time. I'm nothing special. 2008 came. And for any of your listeners who remember what happened in the US economy and in real estate in 2008, I got hammered. I lost everything. And while I had nothing, I looked back on the four years of, of making money. And I said, well, geez, it was fun like having Escalades at 23 and taking crazy vacations and paying for everybody. But now that it's gone, I have nothing to show for. While I was making money, that type of resource, I probably should have done something more meaningful than just spend it all. And so I said, screw it. This time when I go out to make money, I'm going to make it matter. And so I restarted in business, have since gone on to do way better than I did the first round and um, have created this give component or this social aspect of every business I run. And uh, it did really well. Uh, people would ask me to come on podcasts and talk about how to make money matter and how money really can buy happiness. And it was clear that there was a, a marketplace of people that were thirsty for that type of business model and information. And so I reached out to some good friends of mine, like Lewis Howes and Tucker Max and Adam Braun and uh, who else originally? Uh, Jordan Harbinger, just some buddies that I had and said, would you be interested in doing an event with me? They said, yes. And then once I had like five or six of them, then started going up, asked Gary Vaynerchuk, who said yes, asked Robert Hershevik from Shark Tank, who said yes. And then all of a sudden, we had this just freaking insane lineup. We threw the event. It was going to be a one-off. People thought it was so rad that we said, screw it, let's do it again a second year. And so that's what we're ramping up for now. So that's, that's kind of it, is just in my own journey of having a ton of money early and spending every dollar of it or more, because that's what the world said I should do, right? I realized, you know what, I probably should have done something more meaningful so that if the money was gone, I actually had something to show for that it mattered. I'm just curious how you sort of fell in with that crowd because it's a, it's a pretty good crowd of people. Yeah, uh, just over, over the years. So I guess Lewis House would be number one. I went to a three-day workshop to just invest in myself. Uh, it, was, it teaches you how to make money online. And Lewis House is just one of the keynotes. And the keynotes were coming in from all over the world. I live in Orange County. He lived in Los Angeles. So I was like, oh, dude, you're kind of local. Let me introduce myself. Uh, so that was the first time I'd ever heard of him. And then eventually 
coached with him. I paid him to coach me. And so then we went from being random people to actually being buddies. And then um, just as I, you know, where do, how do I meet it? Just, you know, relationships. So once I met Lewis Howes, then he introduced me to Adam Braun. And then once I knew Adam and, and Lewis, then it's just one of those things where my network started changing as my attention and as my direction and my career started changing to where I had some really great, you know, influential friends who then all of them are friends with Gary Vaynerchuk. And then, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, how you find the genesis of it all. I, I don't really know. I guess it was meeting Lewis, but then it's walking in a direction. And as a result, along the way, I meet great people like you uh, along the way through, through, you know, one person removed referrals or, or introductions. I, I mean, I just always find it interesting because I can trace back through like seven people how I got to where I am now. And I just, I find it interesting to see how people's stories got there. It's, it's, it's it, I mean, it's funny how life happens. Totally. And, you know, as you said, like, tracing back, uh, exact same thing. I can trace back the beginning of Thrive to really two people. My mentor, Than Merrill, and actually John Lee Dumas was the one that told me first, uh, I should do this. And so the same thing with John. I just randomly submitted an application for him to coach me because I wanted to launch a podcast. And so there's nothing secretive on how I met that guy. And then after coaching with him for two months, he's the one that's like, dude, you need to do an event. And then I was like, yeah, I guess I do know enough people. So anyway, yeah, I, I think if anyone stopped for a second and went back to their success, you know, they always say it's not what you know, it's who you know. I say not really. It's what you know with who you know. Just knowing people and name dropping doesn't make you money. But having a skill set, knowing a business principle or whatever, and then the right people is kind of a, a double catalyst there that, that will get you where you want to go. And then time, I guess, is the third component, time. Sure, yeah. So now, is it the main offering that you do is this conference? Do you also do coaching and work with people individually? I mean, beyond that? No, it's weird because I'm, I'm a connoisseur of that. I, I have a coach in one or more areas of my life at all times. Um, I'm a, I buy info products every chance I get, but but as far as producing it and, and offering it, I don't do any of that. It's not, uh, I don't know how to explain this politely. I love people, but I would not enjoy coaching them, right? So I like being coached and I don't want to sound selfish. I like being coached, but I don't want the responsibility of, of having a one-on-one. -on -one. I like standing on stage, like in a broad sense here, everybody, I'm coaching you together. I love being on stage. That's where I thrive. But like if you and I had an hour long call scheduled every week, offense to you or anyone else. That's just not my thing. So, so no, I, I make all my business in the old world offline and in my businesses. Um, the only money I've ever made online is just selling tickets to thrive, which is then an in-person conference. So I don't coach, I don't have digital products. I'm a, I'm, I'm an offline old school entrepreneur. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and so event planning is obviously not an easy task, right? So like, what do you, what does your team look like? Are you doing this all yourself? Yeah, no. So last year I did it by myself and learned the hard way. It was, it was on a, it's funny you ask. I don't know. Have you done events before? Cause it's almost like, I have. Yeah, yeah, you knew. So last year I was like, how hard can it be? And I did it myself and without a doubt, it was one of the most painful seasons of my entrepreneurial career, mm -hmm. not just for, for the work and the effort, but also with some of the scoundrels that, that, that I was having helped me that, that didn't. Um, this year's been very different. I have everybody helping me. Even my mom and dad are going to be downstairs in my home in, in about an hour to make sure you've got all the print and all that stuff. My dad's taking point on print name tags and printing banners and all that. So, so I've, I've had everyone within my own companies have some role and responsibility. My personal assistant doesn't assist me anymore. He works 100% on, on my conference. And so um, there's about, I'd say, eight of us that are thrive spending 40 hours a week working around it probably or, or more for me 
Um, and then we have a volunteer staff on site will be 32 people. But uh, those are, you know, those are people that are just there that helping that weekend. But as far as pushing this thing forward, there's about 10 of us that are the, eight to 10 of us that are the core. This is our full-time gig right now until it's over. Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, you've, you've uh, written some books. So one book. Yeah. One book. Okay. Well, I've helped in some, but I've written one yet. And, and are you working on another one? So it's funny. I haven't let this book go yet. Um, Tucker Max launched a product called Book in a Box where he like basically people pulls out of your head and puts into a book. And I was, we're advisors and we just put out our second book with them. Oh, so then, you know, okay. So I was the first, the first guinea pig of book in a box before really? it was even, yeah, before it was even a public offering. Tucker's like, we're going to do this on you. You're going to be our guinea pig to see if this even works basically. And so as far as like the full service where they do all the marketing behind it, and so, so Tucker himself, I don't think he does it now. I think he's running the company, but he and I together did the book. He and I were on the phone. He recorded the audio, you know, the whole process. And so, um, but I never released it because I, it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the most personal story of mine. And I was like, dang it, I should have written a book like how to do real estate or something first that I wasn't emotionally attached to. I literally lay it all out in this book. Uh, but then secondly, um, I want the book to do well. And so that was step one was I, I wrote this book. And so I pressed pause and said, you know what, I'm going to build thrive, build an audience, build a, you know, a tribe first. So that there's a body of people that actually be interested in buying it versus just asking cold traffic to purchase my book. So I was actually supposed to launch last year with thrive. That was part of the reason I did thrive too, was to be my book launch. So my book's been done since August of 2015. And it literally is sitting in the computer that I'm recording this in unpublished uh, done a hundred percent done. But you know what? I'm glad though, because there's a whole chapter that needs to be eliminated and a whole new one that needs to be written. That's changed in these last 18 months or so. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But the uh, point is I have a book that's completed. That's just not yet live because I'm sitting on it. So yeah, well, you, gotta, you gotta share that with the world. Um, <laughs> and then I, I want backing up a little bit. I'm, I am really curious actually a little more about the firefighter thing. Like how did, where were you a firefighter and how did, how did you become a firefighter? Because that's something that's always intrigued me. Yeah. So probably about junior high, I, I evaluated, you know, for the first time, okay, I'm 13, 14 years old. What do I want to do when I grow up someday? And God's put it on my heart to want to help people. So I said, okay, if I can find a career where I get paid to help people, that's cool. So I thought about being a doctor or like military or whatever. And, and firefighting was the best fit. So while in high school, I did my normal high school classes during the day. And then in the evenings or on the weekends, uh, I took college classes to do all my prerequisites for firefighting, like fire science and my EMT and all that. So that when I graduated high school, over the last junior and senior year of high school, I'd done everything I needed to get in the fire academy, went right in. And at 19 years old, started working with a department actually up in Seattle, Washington. So moved from Orange County right out of high school to Seattle, Washington, 19 years old had my dream job and knew that's what I'd be doing the rest of my life. Two years later was when the accident happened at 21 years old. And, uh, and again, I'm healthy about probably about two years after the accident, I was physically healthy enough that I could have redone the agility test redone. You know, I wouldn't have been able to just show up and start working again, but no. I would have gone through that process of reintegrating into the department. But, uh, at that point I was two years into my entrepreneurial career and said, okay, I love firefighting. Uh, it is a great career. And you know, for anyone out there, thank you for your service. But the whole reason I got into firefighting is because I wanted to serve people. And I realized through entrepreneurship, I could do that in the way I was doing it at a greater level. So all the fulfillment that firefighting gave me, other than playing with fire, which is always fun, um, but, but all the fulfillment I was getting from being a firefighter, I was getting more of 
as an entrepreneur. And so, you know, I, I support my, my firefighters out there, love them to death, but uh, life called me or God called me in a different direction. Yeah, obviously. And, and it seems like it was a good direction for you. Yeah, so uh, far so good. So, so Cole, the last question I always like to ask on these interviews is what are your three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? Yeah. So as far as effective, you know, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, I like talking about scaling because I always like talking about what I'm either being challenged in or doing in my current season of entrepreneurship. I'm going to double the size of my company this year. And so as far as me being effective, I have to realize what my personal output potential is, call it pop or whatever, that we're all different. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. He says he works 18 hours a day, seven days a week. I personally can't do that, right? Not because I'm a father and all that stuff. My brain won't let me. And so when I get to about the 10th or 11th hour, I can't even decide if I'm using like critical thinking, right? Not like checking email, but really working hard. After 10 to 11 hours, I'm worthless. I can't even decide what I want to eat for dinner. So I know that that's my maximum. That's, that's the personal output potential I have. So then I'll never be able to scale my business beyond what one person can do in 10 to 11 hours a day. And so the only way to scale is to outsource, to optimize your production. And so, you know, back to your question, two or three things. The first thing you need to do is realize what you hate doing in your business and then start hiring other people to do it for you or technology. That's what's really great about the entrepreneurship that you and I are in is there's so much technology out there. So step one for me was saying, what do I hate doing? This is my company. Why do, what do I not want to ever do again? And I started to replace myself there with people in technology. Step two is, okay, now that I'm not doing the things I hate, what am I not good at? What, what for me to increase my output, what am I doing? Because it needs to be done, but I'm not skilled in it. And for me, it's, it's finance, it's numbers. I'm not a detail guy, I'm big picture. And so I hired a, a weekly bookkeeper and then have since hired a full-blown CFO for my company because I suck at the numbers. So I hate doing certain things like the marketing, that's all outsourced. Now, the things I'm not good at, like for instance, finance, I've got someone else there for me. So now I don't do things I'm not good at or that I hate and I focus on the things I love most in business. And so for anyone who's plateaued or stuck or trying to figure out how to get better personal output, uh, like your question was, uh, start outsourcing the things you hate, then start outsourcing the things you're not good at so you can triple down on what you are good at. For me, it's sales, right? Uh, I do all the selling for all of my companies I own. Uh, things like this. I can't outsource podcasts, so I'm always available for those. Um, but I think that that's for someone who's listening to us to actually have a model they can duplicate. Uh, for me, what's worked to take my business from low six figures to now multiple seven figures is I'm not any smarter. I saw the same IQ I always have. I'm just focusing on money generating activity that I'm good at and enjoy doing and everything else is outsourced to people in technology. Awesome. That's great. Well, so Cole, we're going to have links in the show notes, of course, but where would you like people to check out more and find out more about you? Uh, they can just go to a 10 thrive.com. They can go to colehatter.com. And then I'm Cole Hatter on all social media channels, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, Cole, thank you. That's been, it's been great. And thank you for everything you've been doing. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.